Well, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, this is a pre-recorded live stream because I'm in Phoenix and I had the privilege to run into this man, Brandon <laughs> Tatum, who is, uh, I'm a big fan. Before today, he didn't have a clue who I was, but I know who he is. He's in the book of who's who and I'm in the book of who's he, and it's an honor to be with you. Uh, for folks who may not know you, which would be shocking, uh, you're, you're big in social media. You have over a million followers. Uh, you, you were uh, All-American at uh, University of Arizona, Wildcats football. Mm -hmm. You uh, were Tucson police officer, mm -hmm. grew up in Fort Worth, and uh, you, you, did, you did a video on Facebook that had, gosh, what, 80 million views yeah, or something, 100 million there. views? It was a lot of views. And you've, you've met the president. Yeah, I, I haven't shaken his hand, but I've been there five times in the same room. <laughs> but I'm the type of person that I rather allow other people to have the opportunity to meet the president because I feel like that that's their only chance to get to the White House. So I've been graceful in giving that over. But one day, <laughs> I want to finally shake the man's hand and, yeah. and, and, and tell him thank you. Yeah, man, me too. I've, I, well, you know what? I have shook his hand. I did meet him at Mar-a-Lago, but I, um, and that, that was a guest of Charlie's, and I had a chance to have a conversation with him. But I mean, just just the idea of having that personal conversation because it was it was tense. You know, yeah. I was nervous. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you, it seems like nothing phases you. Oh you're, yeah, you're, you're cool cookie. Yeah, on the inside, I'm nervous, <laughs> but on the outside, I try to play it up. So, well, I, I'm I'm blessed to have you. We've been doing this uh, live stream. We call it Fireside Chats. We've been doing it oh. since the lockdown. So we're about oh. 160 episodes plus or minus, and we did it for our older folks who were you know quarantined. And then it took off. We went from zero followers to about 11,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel. I, I haven't reached any, <laughs> a, any level, but I'm just saying for our little community, um, when uh, I had texted some folks saying, hey, uh, Brandon Tatum's going to be on, on, they were like, what? You know, so <laughs> I, I just have to tell you, you have been an inspiration and a blessing to me. I know you, you, you hadn't met me before today, but that's your world because you're running into all kinds of people whose lives you've touched that you had no idea when you started in this venture. Correct. And and earlier before we started, you were talking about and and you, you don't know this about me, but our our faith uh, journey is very similar. Mm -hmm. uh, I, my world got rocked in college, and that's where yeah. I really wanted to figure things out. You were an All-American in football, as an All-American in swimming and water polo, um, and and then the Lord got a hold of our heart and in in college and. Uh, your trajectory and what God's done with you, especially uh, you were you were going to go in the NFL. I mean, yeah, I mean, I I came into high school. I mean, from high school to college as an All American, things went south in college, and even though things had gone south, I still had an opportunity to play in the NFL. I was in, a, in the NFL draft in 2010. I've never been in the NFL draft. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was watching, I opened the window. I right, got a draft, right. but that was about yeah. it. <laughs> that's not even funny, and you're laughing. <laughs> it's no. funny watching the NFL and the draft coming in. That's that's, that's as close as that's as close as I got. So, 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 out of call, you were a sociology major. Yeah, sociology is my major. So, so you got your your BS degree, sociology, and then you you went uh, into the police force in Tucson. Is it right, Tucson? right out of school? Well, um, it was the I, went, I was in the NFL draft. Yeah. I was promised that I was going to get drafted by the Oakland Raiders, and they passed on me in the draft. On and the draft was on my birthday. That's not my fair. whole family was there. That's just and fair. I was mad at God. Yeah. I mean, I was like, I can't believe you would do me like this. And then, you know, now I'm like, thank you, God. But you know, I was. Could upset. you imagine playing for the Raiders now? I know, right? They <laughs> sucked, and then I probably have a brain injury or something from yeah. concussions. And so I think God rescued me from that thing. He had a bigger purpose for me. Um, but he always does. Yeah, he does. It, it, it never fails to be revealed that 
every time you go through a, a, a trial or whatever the case may be, you think it's the end or you think, oh, no, I, I, God, I thought this was for me. It's like, God's like, man, you, you're trying to play me. Like, I got something <laughs> way better than that. And you're trying to go down here. I'm trying to have you up here. I see but the anyway. beginning and the end and all points in between. And you're just so myopic. Yeah. yeah. God's sweet that way. Yeah. God, God has been the uh, determining factor for Amen. all of my success ever since the beginning, even before I really decided to acknowledge God or really, you know, be faithful to God when I was just kind of the little kid that grew up going to church because that was the thing you did growing up in Texas. That's you what know, you do on Sunday, football. And Jesus in the football yeah, season. Yeah, that's, yeah. All, that's all you got. And um, But but I think that I'm glad God took me in the, in the path that he did because I wouldn't have never connected if I hadn't gone through the things that I've gone through. Yeah, it's a, the refiner's fire, and, you know, you, you, the, the, uh, a faith not tested isn't a faith worth having. And God 100%. shows himself faithful in the midst of those trials where we don't think there's any way out. Right, right. So, so you, you get let down on your birthday. Your, your world's in a, in a tailspin in, in your mind. Mm-hmm. What happens? I mean, t- take me on this, this venture of faith because you described to me you, you grew up, you know, so, socially going to church. And right. I love what you said. You were in the church, but the church wasn't in you. Right, exactly. What a great line. <laughs> and you do. You have a remarkable way of putting these things together that resonate and stick with you. I just uh, and, and your smile's disarming. So <laughs> it's, it, the whole thing, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's a blessing it. hearing it from you. you know, well, I'm I, just I feel telling blessed. you, God, God's given you such a, a wonderful way to to communicate and to touch people's hearts. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're seriously, you're just disarming in a, yeah. in a wonderful way. And people just open up. And I, I the first time I, I felt like, hey, this is my friend. And I've never met you. But I, the minute I met you, I, I just I, I know that who I saw on that screen is a person who's in front of me. Yeah. It is genuine. And I'm, I'm blessed by that. It, and I can tell everybody. It, you really can tell that. And that's the Lord confirming in your heart. Yeah. And so you were in church. Church wasn't in you. But then you get to college. God gets a hold of you through mm. a, a oneness Pentecostal modalism, a, a, a uh, an apostolic church. apostolic church first time you hear the gospel preached and 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 god gets a hold of your life mm-hmm. and draft doesn't work out well doesn't go the way you were planning and the, the plan you gave to god saying this is what we need to do lord right. you don't seem to understand things as well right. as i do and god i said, gave him that paper he yeah, just yeah. didn't follow Here, here's my plan it was a script <laughs> <laughs> all you had to do was follow the script <laughs> excuse me yeah. right here. <laughs> <laughs> And so, so that's that's where there's a disconnect for me because I don't know how you go from there to what's in front of me now, which is right. y- you are an influencer, you are moving this country in, in a in a segment of, of the United States that very few people ever thought would awaken and have this kind of leadership, and, and you are instrumental in the black community in relation to all that's transpiring and not just the black community. I'm talking about America in general. Mm-hmm. Our eyes are being opened by the message God's given you. Uh, fa- fascinating. So get me there. Yeah. So I think it's an interesting part, uh, please. In, in the transition from, uh, you know, I guess darkness to light Amen. when I got saved in 2008, I mean, I was pretty troubled. You know, I had gold teeth in my mouth. I got Young Savage tattooed on my stomach. I mean, I was kind of heavy into the hip-hop culture. I had a terrible attitude. That's kind of what led my football career downhill because when I first got to college, the coaches would yell at me, and I didn't receive it well. You know, I wanted to fight them instead of uh, taking constructive criticism and, you know, being a mature man. Um, But God really changed me. And I also had a complex with black and white because I grew up in an all-black community. 
Um, and there was a lot of racism going yeah. on within the black community against white people. You know, people don't talk about that. Like it was, you know, you couldn't date white women. I mean, you would be a sellout. Uncle Tom, things that they called me right, things that some black people call me right now uh, was, was my reality there. But then when I got to college, it began to open my mind up because I started to interact with primarily white people. And it's like, dang, the racism ain't as bad as I thought it would be. This is the perfect uh, place for this to play out, but it yeah. didn't. The enemy wants us to hate each other. Yeah, and it's and, and it was that it was in my heart. I almost felt like I was raised that way, although my parents didn't directly tell me that. Um, but then when I got saved, it was like God, you know, took the veil off of my eyes, and now I could see that like we're all God's children. Amen. We are not black and white. There's no black and white people in heaven. You know, there's no uh, you know you live in Georgia. You live in, no, we're all God's children. We're all one. I would I would say there is going to be black and white in heaven. It's like it's like flowers on a hillside, mm -hmm. all different colors radiating. It's a beautiful tapestry. It's it's Elohim, singular plurality, unified diversity, mm -hmm. that God creates us in His image. But His image is so beautiful, right. and it, and it's a tapestry of flowers on a hillside. So I, color is a gift from God in sure. in any shade. Mm -hmm. So I. I, I know what you mean by what you're saying, right, right. meaning there's there's not going to be division. We are going to be that tapestry exactly. and see ourselves in that capacity. I mean, if God were to take a magic wand and make us all the same color, but we had different eye colors, we'd divide over that. Because right. racism, God made race, but ism is the, the prejudice placed on someone because they're different. True. And, you know, I th there, isn't, there isn't an ounce of that. In yeah. you towards me the minute no. I met you and and vice versa it I wish people could see that it's, right it's never been an issue just yeah I mean especially in in Christianity I, I just really hope and pray that people will get a hold of that because there are mm -hmm. still people who are proclaiming to be like Christ or Christian and they're still holding this burden of hatred and division in their hearts like when I see you, I see a person. I see your behavior, your actions, Amen. and that's what I drive off of. I, I'm not looking at color. You know, I tell people this, and they, some people make fun of me and think that I'm uh, whitewashed or whatever. I forget that I'm black because it doesn't matter until I look at my skin, and I'm like, oh, man, my skin is different color. But other than that, I'm seeing from my you're, eyes. You're blessed. You have a higher melanin content. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah. tan, so, I bubble. Yeah, so I, yeah. I go out there, and I don't get burned. You know, I got some <laughs> benefits to that, you know, and, and some, some privileges in that. And the older you get, the better you look. Right, and, right. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> I know. So there's some privileges. You know, God, God balanced us all out. So, um, but, but. That really changed me in, in college and getting saved, and it just pushed push my trajectory in a better light. And then it, it matriculated down to politics. You know, I started to realize, oh, well, this political party doesn't align. Uh, this particular political party doesn't align with Christianity. Wow. Like, like so that, that was, that was you, you came to that just sitting in the church pew and, and just discerning that, and then light goes well, on. Well, no. I well, wish that it happened that way. Yeah. But because I almost feel like the spirit of individuals in my church that led my church, they weren't they weren't spiritually awakened in that manner. It took me being a police officer, actually dealing with people and my friends who weren't going to church with me. Some of them, I don't know if they were even atheists, but they would call me out for the political differences. And I would be adamant that I'm a Democrat. I'm a Democrat because that's what I was taught. You know, uh, Republicans are racist white people and the Democrat are for the black people. Um, and so I had that concept in my mind, but my friends would always challenge me. they say, well, you know, you see what the Democrats are passing. Look at the legislation that they're pushing. Look at the, these groups that they're, they're 
amplifying and look at how they, they're treating the scripture. Look how they're treating God. They want to remove God. And I started really thinking like, you know what? This is not something you can cover up. This is in plain sight. I cannot, as a, as a believer in Christ, I cannot do something that's um, antichrist. Yeah. I cannot support things that are antichrist as far as legislation. The people, I don't know. That's between God and that person. Right, right. I don't know what they do in the late night or whatever they're doing. Yeah, yeah. You know, they can present well and they do something dirty at night. I don't know. But I do know what the legislation and the policies are. And so I begin to wake up as a police officer and especially put my life on the line every day with my brothers and sisters who were all different colors. And we would represent the community uh, or fight for the community, which was all different colors. And it began to release that burden or that unforgiveness of my perception of police. And that geared me more towards being conservative and actually evaluating the Republican Party. And in evaluating the Republican Party, I ran across Donald Trump through um, Ben Carson. Yeah. I wanted him to be the president. I thought he was a tremendous man. He was a godly man. He was probably the most, the smartest guy in the world. Oh, tell me about the precious I mean, man. The dude is a great guy. And I said, I want that type of person to be my president. Um, but then he dropped out and endorsed Trump. And I thought I thought it was a joke. You know, I thought Trump was just playing. I thought he was this big billionaire. You know, he's he got TV shows and stuff. You know, he's not serious. <laughs> I thought he was going on there to embarrass all these politicians to let the world know, look how much of a joke these guys are. Yeah. I'm not even a politician. I'm kicking their butts. But I think I don't know if it was he was serious the whole time or something in him rose up to the occasion because see, he started building momentum. Did you ever see the the time that President Obama was speaking and and uh, I, I, I he was he he started coming after Trump before Trump had run for president. And he oh was, yeah, he was yeah. attacking him. It was about a roast, the, the birther, and it was a roast thing. Yeah. And he just he, he he tried to humiliate him. And yes, people say that's when <laughs> Trump went. I'm going to run for president. You that, know? that is probably the moment <laughs> because you know Trump, in a way, and I don't want to get on a tangent about Trump, but there's a lot of things that I admire about Trump. You know, he's flawed, of course, like yeah. David. I mean, there's a lot of things I, I, I admire about King David of the Bible, but he, I mean, he did some terrible he, things he's a, he's a that, wreck, that yeah. I would never do, you know, and, uh, that I don't believe that I would ever do. I would never put myself in the, those positions. We're capable of it. But we, We're capable of it. I, I don't want to do that. Yeah. That's, the, that's the lowest of the low, what yeah. King David did, yeah. you know, with his wife and cheating and stuff like that. But um, I still, there's things that I admire for him. And the same thing with President Donald Trump. I mean, that guy puts his mind to something. And he's going to accomplish it. And he did not take lightly uh, Barack Obama embarrassing him in front of everybody. He didn't act crazy and yell at him and scream. and get. He just he soaked it in. He said, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, you just wait. I don't need to even talk about it. I'm going to do it. And he's a man of his word. He did it. And he became, he became the president. But I made a video after going to his rally just to see who he was. I just wanted to see, like, is this guy a joke? Or is he a racist? This is where your life just starts it, it's, it start like, taking off. You know, I had a spiritual awakening, right, yeah. when I got saved in 2008. Right. I also had a natural awakening. I started really waking up to, like, well, wait a minute. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> I think I've been living a lot this whole time. Now I'm seeing. I'm, like, God opened me up spiritually, then carnal. And so I was like, this guy isn't a racist. Or at least I, I didn't think he was a racist, but... I don't know. People may be racist behind the scenes. You know, at his rallies, they claimed that he was throwing out black people just for being black. It was totally not the case. The, the protesters were the racist, radical, crazy ones. And Trump supporters and Trump was just Americans. Yeah. And I made a video and it went viral. And as a police officer at the time, um, I think, you know, my story about becoming a police officer is crazy as well. Come on. Let me jump to that real quick. Do it. And you I never have to go quick. I never, I, never, I, never, I, never, I never thought about being a police officer ever a day in my life. 
I didn't really know a police officer. The police officer that I knew uh, worked at my school, and that joker didn't do nothing. Two two guys pulled guns on each other in the parking lot. He wasn't there to do nothing. Yeah. He just chased them after the fact. But um, never thought about being a police officer. At this point, I had just uh, I, I did not get drafted, and I had a I had a uh, my fiance was pregnant at the time. We were I was engaged. She was pregnant at the time, and we were going to have my son. And I made it up in my mind that like I need to. Uh, do what's right by my son and have a job. I can't keep chasing a dream. Now, there was a guy in my life that God put in my life that influenced me. He was a very successful guy. He told me to put an X on the calendar. And once I've reached the point of trying out for football as much as I can, gave my best effort, it's time to move on if it's not yielding results. And that's pretty much what it came to. It wasn't really yielding anything. And so I applied for everything in the city of Tucson, Arizona, and they called me back one day. And it's funny because my fiance and I, which was one of the reasons why I don't think that we connected – then and while we're not together now um, is that we got into a, like an argument over the engagement ring or something real trivial and the police called me the next morning and I thought she called the police on me you know I wasn't that's how <laughs> removed I was from the thought of being a police officer they called me and they go is this Brandon Tatum and I'm like what was she called we just we were over the phone and they were like you apply for the job and I'm like Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, hey, well, yeah, we can talk now. You know, I'm ready to come down there and sign up. So I, I said, you know what, I know nothing about policing. All I, all I did when I was a kid, I watched cops. I need to know a little bit more before I really take this venture yeah. on. So I did a ride along. I did a ride along with uh, Officer Sean Payne. I'll never forget him. He's one of the greatest people I know. Wow. And Officer Sean Payne, for the first time in my life, I saw a hero mm-hmm. in Officer Sean Payne. I went on a ride along for half a shift. We, the first car we went on was an elderly lady. He helped her change a flat tire on the side of the road. Wow. Immediately, we had to divert from that car um, to go to a car where a young man was committing suicide. He was cutting his wrist. Mm. And I'd never driven that fast in a car before. We were going about 75 miles per hour down a residential street. We almost got killed twice because people don't know how to move, you know, move over to the right. And it was, it was, a, it was a scary moment. And we got there, and I— I was able to run with him through the apartment complex. It was a bunch of officers. I was trailing behind, but I was able yeah. to run with them to the, so they can get to the location because I was his ride along. Um, they get there. They kicked it. The, they forced entry. I was able to stand down. on. A, it was a long hallway. Uh, like a t- they were keeping you safe in case there was Keep you safe just yeah. in case they start shooting people. So I, I'm down there. Once they kicked the door and I was able to come around. And when I came around, they were approaching the kid. And he was in the back sitting at a table. And it was weird because there was other people there. They were asleep. On the floor, they, they made a pallet. They were all asleep, and we they beat on the door. Nobody answered, so mm. they had to step over these people who are all minors to get to another minor who was standing at a table, kind of just like this. He's sitting there and he's cutting. He's trying to cut his wrist. Mm. And Sean Payne saved him, rescued him, disarmed him. Didn't have to shoot him. Um, and I was blown away. Before that call, he was asking me about my family. He was like, you know, how your mom and dad or whatever. And then after the car was done, we get back in the car and he start he resumed asking me about my so, family. Yeah. And and I'm like, <laughs> what family? I got a family. I, 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 like I didn't know what was going on. I was flustered. And and he was like, oh no, dude, I do this every day. And I'm like, you do this every day, like this every day. He like, oh yeah, every day. And he had probably been an officer for eight to ten years or whatever at the time. And I, at that moment, God was like, I felt like God was telling me, this is this is it for you. This is your calling Sheep to dog. serve, yeah. not to be rewarded for being a football player and a millionaire and all these things that you were thinking, but to serve. And I became a police officer and I did really, really well. I was on a SWAT team. Yeah. 
Um, you were also a trainer. I was a field trainer. I trained new officers how to become officers. I also taught at the academy. So I was a general instructor, meaning I could teach everything at the academy. Um, I was also a spokesperson of the police department. I was one of three spokespeople. Um, that was pretty interesting. And uh, I think that set me up for what I'm doing now. Yeah. But I did, I did everything. You know, I had a, a great record and no complaints ever in my, in my uh, police history. Um, I, I did exceptionally well. I never cursed, not one time on duty. Um, and I was able to present Christ-like behaviors to people and witness to them. Amen. Not even just, because sometimes I couldn't talk about Jesus because they hadn't brought it up and you right. know, there's conflicts there. But that don't mean I couldn't give them principles of God um, and lay that out there for them and give them hope and speak life into them. And that's what I did for six and a half years. What, what got you out? I made a video that went viral. That's the I, 70. I, I, I knew the answer to my question. Yeah, yeah. 70, it was like 70, 80 million views. I don't know. It could have been 100 million. We only tracked 70 million, and I know it had to be more. Yeah. Um, and it was about Colin Kaepernick taking the knee. Um, just short and sweet of that, I think it's very disrespectful, disingenuous for anybody to disrespect the flag in this country. I don't care who you are. I would never disrespect this country, and I don't think anybody else should. Find another way to protest. Protest the actual, go protest in front of a police station, because that's where you had a problem, not the country. But anyway, I made a video ranting. I went off. The thing is that, that I wasn't even supposed to make that video. My mom and them had came over because I was going through some, I wouldn't say depression, but I was going through some things. Being a police officer yeah. by myself at the time, my, my son, mom, and I split, and she moved to Seattle. And, and you know, not seeing my son and dealing with, with crazy things every day i was going through a, something I was, I was a sheriff's chaplain so oh, I, see, I know what you're dealing with so i was dealing with a bunch yeah. and i didn't answer my dad's phone call i didn't answer anybody's phone call i didn't want to talk to anybody and my dad didn't take that well he was like you're not gonna answer me we're gonna fly down there we're gonna make sure you okay especially my stepmom she was all over it you're not <laughs> answering we're gonna fly down there and see if brandon's okay and they flew down you know went out to eat and kind of rejuvenated my spirit pulled you out of your misery yeah they took a nap and I saw Colin Kaepernick do something, and I just had enough. And one of my good friends from Australia, he just randomly called me and said, you need to speak about this. You have a message that nobody else has. I'm like, bro, I, I don't feel like talking. I talk about everything. I don't want I did it. In the, and I was in the car in 100-degree weather. I remember it. No AC. I had my SWAT hat on, and I was just ripping for about 10 minutes. That thing went viral, and a, and a media organization in Arizona offered me a position to be the spokesperson of a, a company called Conservative Tribune. Um, so I did that for a little bit, and then that it turns into me working with Turning Point USA and meeting Candace, and now I'm doing uh, things on my own. So that's kind of my transition from policing. And um, it was only supposed to be one year, but I think God had a plan for me, and I just Boy went with it. Boy, does he, yeah. You, you've, you've been such an amazing voice for the nation. Um, I, 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 was, I was thinking, Officer Payne, you described him as a hero. Mm -hmm. You know what you didn't say? You didn't say what color he was. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing a shirt, right? Um, and they call it the Borderline 12. Yeah. And I was Mayor Pro Tem of the City of Thousand Oaks on uh, November 7th, 2018, when a, a gunman went into a country western bar and killed mm. 12 of our people. Wow. Um, with the exception of a the the bouncer, all the other victims were young kids. Wow. Two of them were from our church, and uh, then he took the gun on himself. And the reason why he killed himself is because uh, Officer Ron Helis went in in the midst of it and got waylaid. The guy saw him in the video camera, shot him, didn't kill him, but, you know, hit him in the chest. And he was he was a he was an ex-military, so he knew what he was doing. And Officer Helis went down. He wasn't dead. And then the CHP officer sprayed down some cover fire and one of the bullets went 
through the side of Officer Helis's uh, protective vest, and that ended up killing him. But the gunman knew it was over, and there was 300 kids still rabbiting out of that place because it was college night. Mm. And he, he took his life, and Officer Helis saved his life. Mm. And we dedicated a freeway to him. I became the mayor. Uh, we dedicated a park to the victims. Oh, it was awesome. it was the a, a seminal moment in the history of our city, uh, the the most awful event in the history of our city. Right. And we loved on our our sheriffs. Mm-hmm. We were so grateful for them. And then COVID hits, and we're watching riots in downtown L.A. We're sending our sheriffs from Ventura County into L.A. to quell the riots, and we're watching our officers getting injured and mm-hmm. defunding our police and. Um, and all of a sudden, overnight, they become the enemy. Mm-hmm. And, and I wonder, wh- what in the world happened? How did we buy into this mess? And uh, he- here, here you are. You're contending black lives matter. We know that. It's never a question. But the organization Black Lives Matter is counterproductive to everything that I understand your life to be. Right. If, if, and, and correct me at any moment I'm wrong. This is this is a, a Marxist organization, but you're contending for the freedom of, of mankind, mm-hmm. and and yet in the midst of the fact that we do have a nation that does see color, we're watching uh, a move of a president who's been told to be racist, but yet we're watching an influx never before in the Republican Party of the black community coming in in droves. Mm-hmm. What do you attribute that to? What 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 is triggered with this president that you've seen what they call the Blexit blacks exiting out of one party into another? What what has transpired from your vantage point? What do you what can you say to that? I think it's the ungodly behavior of the left. I, I think the left has more to do with black people supporting Trump than Trump does. <laughs> I think he's a tremendous leader. I think he turns some people off. For me, I, I love most of the stuff that he does. I like his hard stance. He does what he's supposed to do as the president of the United States. I could care less what he did before he was the president. But some people can't get with that. But what they can't get with even more, or they're more dis, you know, dis, feel disenfranchised by, is what the left is doing. They're completely ungodly. They're completely advocating the destruction of a country. And all of the places that they lead begin to crumble. All of their inner cities that are led by these leftist Democrats are filled with crime, filled with with hopelessness and murder, and they're not doing anything to improve it. They only point the finger at a person who is not his responsibility in the first place yeah. to fix these municipal problems, yeah. or even in you know some some in the county and surrounding areas in cities and states. That's not his job. He's he's the president. He's not the governor, and people are watching this go down. They're watching somebody like Joe Biden, who's incoherent. He, he don't even know where he's at half of the time. Um, and he's borderline a racist. And he's not, people aren't just calling him a racist. He's actually doing racist behavior. When you sit up there and say, if you don't know who to vote for between me and Donald Trump, then you ain't black. You, you, are, you are telling a person that you're judging their mentality or judging their worth on the color of their skin. That, that they're only tied to a color. When you go out on a limb and say or make the suggestion that the Hispanic community is more diverse than the black community, as if the black community is a monolith, and attaching it specifically to black people as if it's every black person, then you are a racist. And not only 
is he doing those things and he's probably got dementia and that's not i'm not even joking about yeah, that yeah, my, i'm not my, my dad had alzheimer's for 15 right. years before he passed and and i see in vice president biden i i, I see my dad it makes me yeah. sad it, and i i don't get it i, I don't get how they're running a guy yeah. that is troubled like that and I, I anybody all anybody have to do if they don't want to believe it is just go watch him um you know five years ago six years ago watch how he speak he was very confident now, I don't like the things he represents, but he was confident. He was strong. He had a strong voice. Yeah. Now, he's feeble. I mean, he's confused. He forgets his thought process mid-sentence and then just diverts to something random. Even when it's on a teleprompter. It, on it, a teleprompter. It, it, yeah, it flusters him. And I, it, 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 and I don't, I don't say that disrespectfully. I, I mean that. I, I watch right. my dad's decline. And when I see uh, Vice President Biden, my, my heart's heavy. I mean, right. granted, like you, I don't buy a thing he's selling. But as a human being, it breaks my heart to see that. Because oh. yeah. it's going to end poorly. Yeah. And they're pushing him and pushing him until he have an episode on national television that's going to be uh, irreversible, yeah. that people aren't going to be able to unsee. And I'm hoping it doesn't happen to him, but they're pushing him down that. But when you see those things and you're like, okay, you're preaching BLM today. You're preaching defund the police today. Y'all want to end no-knock warrants. Y'all want to do all this. Y'all could have done this for 40 years. Why haven't you done? Why haven't you made a push for Black Lives Matter before now? Why haven't you made a push for uh, building up Black communities and, and until now? Well, here's the one that gets me, and I, I've said this statistic many times, but the percentage Black Americans constitute 13 percent of the American population. You cut that in half, male and female, six and a half percent. So you take the female six and a half percent, break it down to childbearing years. That's about four percent, conservatively speaking. So 4% of the population is responsible for 40% of the abortions. It's, it's a holocaust on the black community. Right. And BLM is in conjunction with Planned Parenthood. Right. And the Democratic Party is in conjunction with Planned Parenthood. It's an annihilation uh, of, of the black community. Mm -hmm. And they say black lives matter. I, I, I can't process it because I'm, I'm pro-life. And mm -hmm. that just makes me sad. Now, granted, I understand... You know, it's a way out for many people in that community. And there's an ignorance towards it. And I... I but Margaret Sanger, she was a eugenicist. Her whole purpose was to set it up in inner city communities to get rid of the undesirable races. True. And she's elevated in the Democratic Party mm -hmm. as an iconic figure. Mm -hmm. I, it, it, just, it just baffles me. I think that the Democratic Party has been the same all these years. Supportive of, of slavery, supportive of Jim Crow, um, did not have a strong stance in support of the civil rights movement. They did not. They actually had a strong stance and objection to it. Yep. Not necessarily objection to it, meaning they vote against it, but they did not go turn out and support it. Right. It was the Republicans who got those things passed. They are consistently the same today. Listen, if you love somebody, you're going to do what's right. And you know it may hurt their feelings, but you're going to do what's right. You're going to talk about fatherlessness in the black community. You're going to talk about Planned Parenthood. You're going to talk about gang violence. Yeah. You're going to address those things because you love them right. and you want to see them grow. When you don't love them and you just use them as a number to get a vote, then of course you're not going to talk about Planned Parenthood because that's a money-making machine. Yeah, you'll talk about hot sauce. Exactly. You'll talk with an accent. You'll, yeah. Y'all ain't, y'all ain't, right. keep y'all in chains. That's the way you talk when you don't care about people, you care about a number. You, pa you patronize. Yeah. Right. And it's the same thing. It's the same suit worn over. They are still that way today. I grew up in a black community. I know for a fact the police aren't the problem. It's culture. 
I grew up in a culture where people hated the police for no reason. I grew up in a culture where when people were wrong, the police were wrong. You know, like my cousin was wrong and went to prison for 70 years, but they blamed the police. My uncle went to prison 40 years federal time. The SWAT team came and took him out in his underwear. They mad at the police, not mad at my uncle for selling drugs and destroying the community. I, I, it, and, and it's the same thing going on today. You have young men who have no direction. They have no strong leaders in, in the household. They do not know how to handle authority. And so they get to police officers and they disrespect police officers and they want to fight and they want to run and they have guns and they're confused and all of these things that are happening. And the Democrats are encouraging it. Yeah. I would tell protesters, if I was a presidential candidate or whatever, cut it out. This is not protest. This is and, and I'm not let me let me rephrase that. Not the protesters, the rioters. The rioters because ninety nine percent of these people that we see and the ninety nine percent of the damage are coming from these rioters. And they're not from the community. Not from the community. They're bust in, they're flown in, they drive in, they're looting. Looting. Let me let me throw this out to you and you tell me what you think. Because, you know, I I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. I was a history major. You were a sociology major. Um, eighteen seventy six was a centennial of centennial celebration of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Mm -hmm. 1876 presidential election, probably the most contentious in the history of the United States. Um, and and you, you, it's Tilden, I think, versus Hayes. I, I hope I have that correctly. But basically, uh, the Democrats win the popular vote, but the Republicans win the Electoral College. Mm -hmm. no, let me correct that. The Democrats won the popular vote. The Electoral College was tied. Mm. And... It, you know, you'd had Reconstruction, Lincoln's dead, Johnson, then Grant, and there's been corruption in the Republican Party, and yet you still have the very first Congress members and senators, black, from mm -hmm. the South, mm -hmm. in the, all Republicans, and, and they're serving, and the South is having a resurgence. The Republican Party is waning because they have power and they're starting to corrupt, and now the election, Democrats have gained a foothold. But they have federal troops down there protecting blacks and voting in the South. And the agreement in 1876 was, look, the Democrats said, look, we'll, we'll give you the presidency to the Republicans on one condition. You remove federal troops from the South. And the Republicans take it. They mm. remove federal troops. Then you got the KKK, you have the Jim Crow, and, and they decimate the black community. And the Republican Party abandons them. Mm -hmm. And it, it's devastating. And, and then the Democrats, so the black community in America has been a pawn of both parties. Mm -hmm. And you have a guy come along who at one point was Planned Parenthood, supported Democrats. He's a business guy, New York, never held office, never a general. First guy ever elected was never a general or a politician. He's, he's beloved in the black community. He's Trump. Everybody wanted to be Trump in the mm -hmm, 80s, mm -hmm. 90s. And... Funding for HBCs or HBUs, you know, uh, or uh, traditional black universities and colleges. And 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 then you, you see what he does for unemployment in the black community. Mm -hmm. And it's it's contrary to what even the Republicans were doing. It's almost like he's rewritten the party. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I like you. I, I wasn't a Trump fan. And now I'm standing back going. This guy. This guy has his hand on the heartbeat of communities. Mm -hmm. He's caustic. He's bummed. But the pulpits in America decry his, his Twitters. But you, you stand back and you think, 
when have we ever seen people come together like this? Now, granted, there's a division, and I don't think he's caused a divide. I think it was always there. He's just been kind of a highlighter to show where it exists. And we're contending for a constitutional republic or Marxism. Mm -hmm. And your, your unique positioning, not only as a black American, but as an officer. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've, if you want to remove a constitutional republic, remove law and order. Right. And that's what Marxists want to do, and it devastates the inner cities. And they don't give a flying flip about the inner cities. They burn them and then they leave. Mm-hmm. And here you are standing, and this is where I'm going with it. Here you are standing, and you're beat up from the left and the right, you're called an Uncle Tom as they did the the movie, and I want you to touch on this movie because oh, yeah. it was it amazing. Was I want to show it in our church if you yes. get permission. <laughs> yes. You're, you're a bridge builder, and you're getting beat up on both sides. Mm-hmm. You're newlywed. You just got married. Mm-hmm. How do you navigate this and still keep such a cheery disposition and a joy? Well, because I think God is giving me strength. You know, this is nothing compared to being a police officer. You know what I mean? Like, you talk about stress. Somebody yelling at me on social media is like uh, versus somebody trying to kill me in real life. Yeah, people said you're running for office. Do you know what politics will do to your family? I said, I've been in ministry. Politics is a vacation. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, two of the the hardest uh, things to do spiritually and emotionally. ministers. You're a minister of justice. Right. And so, uh, you know, I think God has just set me up to be strong. You know, this is is where I'm supposed to be. Um, also, I get a lot of love. Yeah, the little haters. You I know, love you. Uh, I appreciate it. I, appreciate, <laughs> I love you too, man. Amen. And, and the little haters, little six percent people hating on me, but all these people love me. They love and, and they send me positive reinforcement and saying, "Look, man, I, I changed because of the video that you made last week, and the, and that was the video I didn't feel like making." But you know, those things God has allowed to encourage me to just keep pushing, and I know that this is my calling, and so it's not. It's hard as people may think, and I balance it. And to be honest, my wife is probably bolder than I am. You know, she's she's. I have to tell her, slow down, baby. You 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 killing them on social media. So, but so God has matched me with someone Amen. that is equally as passionate, and we bounce ideas off of one another. And so, I think God just set me up to do this. And when he, when when it's your time or it's your calling, he's he equips you. To, to do the job. And if it's not your calling, you're not going to be equipped and you're going to fall apart. Yeah. You're not going to be able to make it to the next step. Yeah. So I think that God has really um, put it in my heart and also equipped me to be able to deal with all of these things that are going on. Uh, I don't want to keep you forever because I know you got a busy schedule. Uh, and uh, honestly, I could I could talk with you forever. Well, and, I, I, and I hope I'll we talk, can do this I'll again. I'll talk forever, too. You know, so. Me, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm Scotch-Irish. And yeah. We have the gift of talking. and that's, that's, yeah, I made a living doing that. Uh, I, I want you to share with people how they can follow you because the material you put out is unbelievable. So I want you to share with everyone who tunes into this and we don't have a huge audience, but let them know how they can follow you. And then I want you, if you would, just as we kind of conclude, talk about the movie. Okay. Cause uh, it, like I said, with your permission, I want to show it in the church and I want the whole community to come out now. And, and, and I loved your idea of setting up a time where you have a dialogue. Yes. I just think that would be phenomenal. One of my dearest friends, lifelong Democrat, he was the pastor of the largest black church in Ventura County and supported me as I ran as a Republican for the state assembly. Mm. And, you know, he got beat up for that. And he's a precious brother. And and we've got 
we've got ideological differences, but we love the Lord and we love God's word. And we, we've had some great conversations. Bishop Broderick Huggins, he's my hero. Mm. Um, but I could see after that movie having a dialogue just like what Bishop Huggins and I have, you know, mm-hmm. people need to see that. So share with everybody how they can connect with you and about the movie, if you would, yeah, or, yeah. or anything you want. Because oh, yeah. I'm not going to, you're too big. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Oh, no, nah, man. I'm never, I'm never, you I'm got never muscles in places where I don't have places. Hey, we, we all equal in God's <laughs> eyes, in my personal opinion. So, um, yeah, you can, people can follow me if you, if you want to find me on the social media. The Officer Tatum. Maybe I should say it properly. The Officer Tatum. I like The Officer Tatum. Uh, yeah, see, I say The Officer Tatum, and people think I say D as in David, Officer Tatum. But it's The Officer Tatum on all of my social media platforms. You can follow me there. If you go to theofficertatum.com, you can see everything that I do. It's all lined up on there. One of our new ventures is tatumreport.com, where we have all accurate news. We've got a whole team of people researching and making sure we're putting the, the proper news out there. Uh, we also have leaked stuff and, and things that nobody can get but me. So tatumreport.com is also our baby um, but uh the movie uncle tom one of the greatest movies I, that have been uh recorded i i w- i was blown away yeah and i was a part of the movie i, I had a, a few, really a few prominent it. roles in the movie and you're a good actor by the way yeah. you weren't acting you, were, you but i'm just saying Exa- you're exactly. comfortable in front of the camera i'm yeah i mean god has just made me a he, talker yeah. you know i talk and i can i wear my emotions on my sleeve and i can i can do that i'm actually uh, going to be acting in an actual movie here really? soon. Yeah, I, I'm playing a part of a police officer, so that'd be pretty easy. But this movie is just interviews mm-hmm. with 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 conservatives who are black, uh, some older, some younger, some more accomplished. Uh, the main person of the story is not; it wasn't even in the politics. He was just a conservative, you know. And but the movie is tremendous. I honestly believe, and I I'm saying this out of my heart, that. If people were to be have access to the movie, be exposed to Uncle Tom, the movie, it's, it will change you. Yep. Even if you're conservative, it's going to change you. You're going to see things that you haven't thought of, or you're going to you're going to realize. It rocked me. Perspective. It rocked me. There there were things that I I had to process that I was so grateful mm-hmm. for that movie. It, it was it was profound. It was life changing. Yeah, and if you and in people that are, are maybe more liberal, it's going to challenge you. Yeah. But if you're open enough to listen and but hear aren't, it out, aren't liberals supposed to be open? Yeah, it's a true liberal is yeah, open. Yeah, the the word liberal. Yeah. I mean, you you're supposed to be a little more open um, to flexibility and, yeah. and progression. And if you watch the movie, it'll it'll change you. It's a it's a it's a great dialogue from beginning to end. You know, Herman Cain. You know, rest his soul. He's such a great man. He, he was he was so awesome to me. I, I think the Lord stood when he arrived. Yeah, I mean, he was. I met him. I I had a chance to sit down and talk to him. Mm. Uh, we rode together from the hotel to the venue and back, and uh, he was he was just such a gracious person. With as much influence he's had, his age, his wisdom, he took a back seat and listened. And that's what he told. He told me that was the one thing he said. He said, "You know what? When I'm quiet, I'm I'm listening." Because I can always learn something. And I'm just like, <laughs> how much more should I be listening? You yeah. know, and he, so he's a great guy. He was featured in the uh, Uncle Tom movie. He had tremendous parts. I think I teared up on his parts even when he was alive. Yeah. I mean, there's there's places there's places in the movie where you're going to laugh, you're going to cheer, you're going to cry, and you're going to be inspired. Such a well done. It was well movie. done. Justin, yeah. Justin Malone. Um, he's the mastermind behind it. I, I I don't want anybody to get confused. You know, him and Larry Elder partnered in, in some aspects, but Justin had the vision, man, and he he's a white guy, and that tells you that God can use 
anybody to develop a vision because I feel like there were certain, I like to call them Americans of African descent who were not in the position to make the video, may not have been bold enough to make such a controversial movie. And I remember when Justin came to me and said, hey man, you wanna be in this movie? He was a nobody, nobody knew who he was. But I learned a powerful thing that God taught me over time is that you never say no to an opportunity. Amen. And you treat people fairly and you treat them with hospitality. The reason I had so many parts of the movie is because I was available. I'm sorry, because I, I made myself available. I mean, he would ask me, Brandon, hey man, I need your help on this. Hey, hey, can I come film? I'm coming through your city. Yes, 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 yes. And that ended up being a probably one of the greatest movies made, and I have a prominent part in it. But um, it's a great movie. People can go to UncleTom.com to yep. get the movie. Um, I have the links on my website. If you look at me on YouTube, the link is in the bio of my YouTube channel. Um, you can go in there and click it when you watch any of my videos. But uh, we need as many people to watch it as possible. So here's with, with your permission, when you have time, We'll show it in the church. Okay. We'll invite the community. Uh, you you pick who you want to have on the panel. Okay. And and make it as diverse as possible. Okay. So people can really really discuss this and 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 I I, I would do question and answer however you want to format it. I just think it would be so profound, um, and and so helpful in this day and age with such division and frustration. It'll challenge everybody and hopefully it'll bring unity. Yeah, I think uh, we did we did a concept very similar to this at a at a church in uh it was in Northern California. Uh, it was great. Uh, you know, I think uh, most people were probably conservative. I could tell by the cheers. Um but it wasn't a necessarily the church function. It was available at the church. Right. And the pastor facilitated some of the things, you know, and I thought it was a tremendous job. We prayed. Um we were able to dialogue I was able to, he had some preset questions where he asked me and another gentleman who was both conservative, but we saw things very differently. And then we opened up for Q&A and people were able to ask questions of both of us uh, from our perspectives. We yeah. both had an opportunity to answer. And I think that we could do it bigger uh, with your permission. Oh, I think we you, can do it on a bigger you. scale. You, you, you tell me to jump, I'll say how high. Yeah, we could do it on a bigger scale. We can have more people on the panel and have people ask, ask, answer questions or whatever the case may be. And, and for me, just like the last time, I love the fellowship. I love to shake hands and, and say hi to everybody and for everybody to have a sense of togetherness, and regardless of what side of the spectrum you fall on. Well, the way that, that you and I met earlier today and immediately we were kindred. Yeah. I, I just want you to know that the folks who view this, the minute you walk into the church, you're 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 loved. Yeah. You're loved now, but <laughs> but you're going to meet people who just adore you. So, um, I don't know how often you make it out to California, but when you come, the pulpit's yours. Oh yeah, it's an hour flight. Okay. Uh, we, Listen, we can make it happen. I, I'm serious about that. Yeah. We'll talk. We'll talk the details, and we'll make okay. it happen. I think it'll bless the people. It will yeah. be a blessing. I hope that we can get a trend going because I think that the the end of the vision, the unity. The love, the re restoration of our country Amen. is going to come through the church. The ministry of reconciliation. The, exactly. The people, the people of God, the, the, the pulpit where you have pastors who are speaking life um, to the congregation. This is where it needs to start. Unfortunately, there are some pastors in this country who are falling short in that mission of unity and love and Christ-like behavior. Love hopes all things, and I'm believing right. that my brothers will come around. We will, and Amen. we gotta be we gotta be the light. Yeah, we'll we do have it. to start it up. We have to start the engine, and once it's rolling, it's rolling. Amen. Well, Brandon, thank you for blessing my life and the lives of all who are tuning in. 
what an honor to meet you. Uh, my my daughter, my, both my daughters are gonna flip out. <laughs> they they were the ones who first kind of introduced me to you because awesome. you know I'm, I'm a luddite when it comes to social media, and <laughs> all of a sudden I've got heroes, and I just got to meet one of mine face to face. I appreciate it. I appreciate your it, Pastor. treasure. You 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 the man. I mean, a, a man of God that's serving, um, say kind things about me. I feel I feel very blessed. I only say them because they're true. Amen. I receive that. Well, hey, what a treasure to be with Brandon Tatum, and uh, he's going to come to the church. You heard him say it, so that's kind of cool. We're going to have fun with the movie. We'll have a great opportunity, so get ready, everybody. And uh, don't forget, all the links that he gave you, follow this man. Your life will be richer for it. And again, thank you. God bless you guys, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow.